Thank you for checking out the HR Like a Boss podcast. If it resonates with you, please consider leaving a rating and review and better yet, subscribe and share with a friend. I've embarked on a journey to get to know amazingly awesome HR and business professionals. These conversations create the foundation for my book on what it takes to do HR Like a Boss. And on today's episode, I'm super excited to be joined by my friend, Lindsay Raduca. Lindsay is a contact that I had made in Northeast Ohio and uh, not, not too long ago, about five years ago, she moved down to Florida. And in the midst of everything that's been going on in our world, um, she found herself in the consulting role, which turns out that whatever client she has in that consulting role likes her quite a bit because it seems like she may be doing something more formally and permanent with them, which happy for me and those that know Lindsay from Northeast Ohio may have her back in our community more often. So uh, currently living in Tampa, and uh, I, orig I originally had met uh, Lindsay through a, a client that we were working together on and uh, to say that she was working at. And we also did Disrupt HR together as presenters. So uh, we have that bond and I'm super excited to have her. So Lindsay, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here too. And I'm actually in Northeast Ohio today and the weather's been, uh, you know, it's been cooperative <laughs> this week. It has not been so great in Tampa for those of you that will be watching this after the fact. Uh, I think a hurricane might be hitting Tampa today at some point in time. So I just know when to get out and when to come back. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I know these last uh, few weeks have been certainly great here in Northeast Ohio weather-wise. And I, I know for sure that, that is going to change and, and likely for those that may be listening, we'll be looking at snow or hopefully down in Florida, you'll have sunny days. So um, it's amazing how quickly the weather can change. My, my kids were telling me about that uh, recently. They're, they're, they're getting more perceptive of like, oh my gosh, like it, in one week, it snowed, the sun was out, it rained, and then it felt like the, the leaves were changing. So it's, it's, it's amazing how many things can happen. I'm sure maybe you missed that being from north in northeast ohio or down in florida where it's sunny every day i don't know yeah yeah i mean the variety was nice um it is actually nice to have consistent weather <laughs> for a period of time and i will say though that it it's endless summer right and and so you know if you like the heat if you like the warmth uh florida is a great place to be um otherwise it can get exhausting <laughs> Yeah, no, I understand. Yeah, that's cool. Well, I know I shared a little bit about your background. So for maybe those that don't know you, Lindsay, would you mind going into a little bit about what you're working on right now, or maybe some of your, your path and your, your, your career throughout HR? Sure. Yeah. Thanks, John. And again, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm super excited to be here. It's been wonderful to stay connected with you over the years and learn from you and follow you. And I, I still feel like I've got a, a strong tie back to Northeast Ohio. Um, so a little bit about me. Um, I have worked in human resources for over 15 years. I've spent most of my career in um, manufacturing industries. Um, you know, diversified industrial, consumer durable goods, um, had, you know, really good exposure to, uh, to that industry. But then most recently, I've worked in some, uh, some other industries like technology, facilities, maintenance, and um, telecommunications. And have have started a, a bit of a path down down the consulting role. So, um, so definitely variety of HR, my roles have primarily been division leadership roles where I have worked um, with organizations and senior leadership teams to uh, 
to really bring transformation to the organization in, in terms of either cultural transformation or HR transformation. I've been a bit of a moth to a flame to that when it comes to, uh, to what's excited me about, um, about my career. And, uh, you know, specialties have been more in uh, the talent management side of things. So just feel blessed to have had a variety of opportunities in, in the past 15 years. Yeah, I know that was one of the things that made you stand out to me in, in our interactions, just that concept of driving change, transforming the way we do things, kind of questioning the status quo. And that's really one of the foundations of doing HR like a boss. And, and I'll, I'll get you started as it relates to kind of getting into our, our, our topic of discussion, which is what, what would you describe as the main purpose of human resources? So um, it's a great question. It's one that I have been um, learning and will continue to learn um, over the years and not really sure I, I understood the purpose of HR when I went to school and got my degree in HR because most people don't have their degrees in HR. I just knew I liked business and I liked people and I really, you know, had a service affinity. Um, so, you know, to me over the years, as I've been um, exposed to different uh, HR teams, different cultures, different of uh, groups of individuals, um, the, the purpose of HR is very simple. It is about enabling talent solutions to deliver business outcomes. I, I, it's very simple. You can apply that in everything that you do. Really, um, we in HR, we're the intersection between the business and people. And so when you think about that um, and, and, and how you show up to work every day and how you do your job, I mean, it's, it's really about enabling. And there's the element of keeping the organization out of trouble, right? I, I, you have to do that. That's table stakes. There's always some sort of compliance or regulation that needs to be followed. And, and we're there to help mitigate the, the, the issues. And, and you mentioned in your description of your career, you've worked with a bunch in a bunch of different industries with a variety of companies and uh, from consulting to uh, kind of division level HR. I'm just curious as to to how you define that purpose of, I'll use the term that I've trying to simplify this is connecting people to your business and vice versa and doing it in a purposeful, meaningful, impactful way. Like what are some of the barriers that you found that's, that's prevented the organizations that you work with or clients of yours to be able to, to reach that purpose, that intention of what HR is supposed to be doing? Yeah, a couple of different things. And to me, the function has traditionally lacked data and insights to inform business decisions and, and really be held accountable to making a business impact or creating value. Um, so, you know, the more that we can understand, you know, the, the, the data side of things, I think the, um, the easier it is to overcome that as an obstacle. Um, because, you know, we're working with business people and business people like data. And, um, and you got to be able to back that up um, whenever you're, you know, coming with creative solutions, you know, why, why, right? And data doesn't always lie. I mean, you can manipulate it, but, um, but at least you can point to something concrete and objective. I, I think also too, um, you know, the challenge that the, the HR profession has um, often is that, you know, we may take an inside out perspective when it comes to designing programs or processes or policies or forms. And, and sometimes we overlook the, um, how that concept is gonna function in practice with people and the business, 
right? So when I say inside out perspective, like we're thinking like, what do we want to design? You know, what do we have to put in place versus, okay, what's the outside in perspective? What does the end user, what does the business, what does the, the person need? And then how do we creatively um, customize that to, um, to meet their needs? And then, you know, at one challenge that we've been faced with um, is that, you know, we rely on policies and, and laws, you know, to, to tell managers what they can't do. And so we got to be able to flip that on the head and figure out, okay, you know, how do we help managers enable what it is they want to do and really navigate and guide them through kind of the, the, the issues so that they can achieve whatever that business outcome is. You know, that's great. It reminds me of a conversation I had with another colleague of ours that talked about the ability to find your way to a yes, right? Yes. Not, not, this is why you can't do it. That, that's what I think a lot of people expect from HR. You can't do this because, as opposed to, okay, let's, let's talk through, let's brainstorm, let's strategize. Why are you trying to accomplish this? What's the outcome going to be? And how do we find a way to a yes? And may, maybe you don't end up getting exactly to where they thought in their mind, but maybe it's something better or slight variation of it. So I, I, I appreciate that. And that's a great, great insight. Are, are there things that you can suggest or that you've done relative to that kind of data-driven decision-making and your ability of like not thinking inside out and taking that outside in perspective? Like what, what, are, you, what are you doing to remove that barrier that sometimes gets in the way? Yeah, um, you gotta get to know the business. Uh, and that's the, the number one piece of advice that I give to anybody. You, you, you have to be curious, right? Understand how does the business operate? What are those commercial strategies? Um, you know, just figuring out who, who do you sell to? Um, why do your customers buy from you? Why do your customers buy from your competitors? I mean, what are those processes and, and how your organization makes money? Like, how do they actually get an order? You know, when, once you can start having those conversations, asking those questions, getting those insights about how the operations works, then it turns into, okay, what is the data that I can use from a people standpoint to be able to inform um, business decisions with people solutions? Um, and, you know, a way that you can overcome the barrier, like some of the things that I've done and I've had the privilege of doing is, you know, I've taken on some organizational, um, more organizational development projects or assignments that were somewhat outside of the scope of HR, like the traditional HR, um, where, you know, you're building capabilities or you're building processes um, within the, um, within an organization or within the division, within the business that are going to um, enhance the way that the business actually does business. And so one thing that I can um, specifically point to is, is a, a, I called it a commercial capability building initiative where we wanted to, um, to really drive top line growth. And in order to do that, we needed to understand, okay, what, what, are, you know, what are some of the gaps that we're faced with? How do we actually do this? How do we measure success? What's the type of talent that's gonna be you know, set up for success? What's that profile look like? How do we use assessments to be able to identify you know, all of that and, and then 
you know, come up with some strategies. And so the initiative was very cross-functional. It, um, you know, interacted with all the business leaders to, you know, help them map out what their sales process was, and then um, come up with some ideas on how you can streamline the sales process and, um, and then really build the, the roles in the organization to support that so that then they could achieve their sales outcomes. That's neat. Yeah, cool, cool project. And I think it's interesting to talk about diving into the business, which is, again, a cornerstone of what we're trying to, to get across in the book and talking about HR like a boss. I, I'm just curious as to as you navigated through that, were, were your colleagues that were maybe in that example you gave in the sales department or when you're looking at operations, are, are they are they looking at you sometimes differently? Like, hey, I thought you were in HR. Why do you why do you care about this stuff? Like this, this seems like you're trying to keep us out of trouble or compliant within benefits or whatever the case might be. Is there is there a way you've been able to navigate kind of the the paradigm shift within the non HR professionals to allow them that access and insight and comfort in sharing with you something so that they don't think, oh, well, you're going to use that against me to fire me at some point. Yeah, I mean, you have that, right? I, I had to build trust. I had to build credibility. I had to explain the why. Now, it helped that the executive sponsor was the division president, right? And so, you know, there was a lot of buy-in that he had to create, but it was, you know, here making the, the team aware, like, this is why we're doing this. This is how it's going to help you. This is how this is going to help the business, how it's going to help our people, our customers. And so the conversations with them were really more coming from a place of seeking to understand and not solving the problem. And, and I was really clear with them in, in that example where it's like, I, I'm not a salesperson. I haven't been that, but I, I want to learn. I want to grow. I'm here to help you. I'm here to, to, to help you hit your number to, so that then you can earn your payout and that, you know, the customers are delighted and we can promote people and we can grow and we can add positions. And so, you know, it, it I had to take a, um, definitely more of an, an, an influential approach, right? I wasn't there to solve their problem. I was there to enable an outcome that we had a shared, um, we, we really had a shared goal um, around because of, you know, the, the division president setting it as an initiative for the um, organization. I think you also have to be flexible. Um, whenever you're in those situations, you have to be innovative. Um, you know, again, backing to saying, you know, seeking to understand, like really trying to understand what's the solution that they're trying to get at and coming up with ways that you can uniquely help them solve whatever their problem is. Um, you can't tell people what to do. And, and I've learned that um, in my career working in transformation, um, you, you just, we're, we're, we're humans, we are motivated by, you know, having autonomy, mastery and purpose. I mean, that's the, the Daniel Pink uh, framework right there. And, and so you've got to help, you got to get, get to a point where you can understand people's mindset and, um, and then just help them get to whatever outcome they want to, to, to achieve. Yeah. It's interesting that you share that just because you think about the the fact of how people innately think and want to be and have have that autonomy and drive the purpose and sometimes the function within HR is really handcuffing them or trying to restrict that or can can be viewed in that regard. So I think building those relationships so that when there is an occasion where you have to say, hey, wait a second, we we can't do that or we can't get to that point because of this reason because it'll be a, a materially impactful, negatively impactful to the business. 
let's let's find let's find an alternative path and then they, they won't find that as as restricting because you've developed that report if that's the only time you're having that conversation with them then of course hr is going to be they got in my way or they stopped me from making the sale or they prevented us from making money or whatever the case might be i, I hear that all too often from from leaders that definitely have a that those that have a negative perception of hr so yeah and you know i always try to get into the habit of asking people and leaders what it is they want to do, right? Because when you put it back on them and you get them to articulate, okay, here's what I'm trying to do, then that's when you can start to be innovative and creative. And we know, you know, in HR, we know the laws, right? We know how to work within them. We know where we're going to get stuck, where we're going to get in trouble. And then we also, you know, we, we're coming from a place of what, what are we doing? We got to do the best thing for the business, but also do the right thing for the people. And so once you understand, you know, what their outcome is, what they're trying to do, then you can help them get there. Or to your point, you know, you could say, well, you know, I'm not sure it's going to work that way, but here's an alternative. But but here's why it's not going to work. People need to understand the why as well. <laughs> yeah. And ultimately, the impact it would have on the business, because at the end of the day, as an employee, you're getting paid your salary or commission or bonus, whatever the case is, as a performance of what that company can afford to provide. So we have to keep that thing, that entity, that organization healthy. And the employees are the stewards of that, in my opinion. And HR has a really, really key role in all that and kind of balancing between organizational health and then employee well-being and making sure all that kind of jives together in a, in a way. And it's you, you mentioned kind of you're, you're, you're in that middle, you're, you're in the aisle, right? It's, it's this place that you're kind of, uh, it's very unique at times because you, you have two different, you know, again, organizations or, or organisms, if you want to use that term, right? People in, in this, this company that we're trying to make um, you know, uniquely joined in a way that uh, is, is beneficial for both. So, well, you've been great. I got just a couple other questions for okay. you. This, this next one really gets you thinking about uh, back, and well, in your case, just a few years ago, but uh, when you first started your okay. career in HR, right, if you, could, if you could think of something, right, that you could do differently based upon what you know now, is, is there a piece of advice that you would, you would give yourself, Lindsay? I get a lot of stuff and I still every day I'm like, oh, I wish I would have done that differently. I think that's, you know, part of having a growth mindset. And, you know, I, I would tell my younger self, you got to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Uh, that's when the growth happens. And um, I've had a mentor tell me, you know, you should always be 50% comfortable, 50% uncomfortable. That that's the right balance. And so having that awareness and, and just, having the yeah the comfort right you know it's gonna feel weird but you got to be able to challenge or challenge that channel that <laughs> so that um that you can uh you can deal with it and move on and and really get comfortable with whatever that that thing is and then put yourself in a situation where you're out of your comfort zone again and just continue to learn and grow and develop um i would say to myself ask a lot of questions um, you know, don't get hung up on asking the right question because that comes in time, right? You you build your judgment um, over time. I would hold back from asking questions because I wasn't sure that I was asking them the right way. And, and so I would just say, ask as many questions, learn from them, um, you know, and then be okay with asking for help or support, you know, whenever you're still growing, um, which is, should be everybody, right? Like, you got to reach out to people for help. That's, you know, that's why they're there. And that's why, you know, you build your network and, um, and, and really then use that to help others. 
So, um, so I would say know who your advocates are, right? Know, know that network, um, especially in organizations, um, leverage those individuals. I've had some incredible mentors and advocates throughout my career, and, and I still do. And, um, and I know now to stop wasting time and energy on the ones that just aren't going to be there for you and um, stop, tr stop trying to change them, right? <laughs> and convince them to support you and just, you know, just focus on the people that are going to be your network and your supporters. Yeah, you remind me of a saying my dad used to have, there's no such thing as a stupid question. Only the only stupid thing you can do is not ask it. And it's really, really profound in your seek to understand your ability to kind of just be comfortable with being uncomfortable and maybe asking a question that you think you're the only one in the room that, that's thinking this, but my guess is more often than not, you're the only one that might be brave enough to ask the same thing that many other people are asking or thinking. Yeah. And I think there's a, there's a, there's a big part in that. So, well, you're amazing and awesome, which is kind of a cornerstone of what HR like a boss is. So I'm curious uh, to get you out of here on this, Lindsay, how would you describe someone that does HR like a boss? Oh, in a few different ways, which I absolutely love your title. I think it's so much fun. But to me, um, somebody that does HR like a boss is somebody that is a business leader with an eye for talent that puts people first and delivers value. Like that's it, hands down. Um, and you mentioned it, you know, to be brave, somebody that has the courage to speak up for doing the right thing. Um, and, and can also then trust their gut with that, um, but back it up with data and insights if you got them, right? We've talked about how important that is. Um, you know, HR, like a boss, is, is also someone that's in, insatiably curious. You know, they're, they're coming from that place of seeking to understand, but because they want to make it better. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a big supporter of developing people and developing organizations and really helping people maximize their potential. And, you know, you've got to want that for, for others, right? Like you're putting others uh, ahead of you. And I think people that do HR like a boss, they're self-aware, they're socially aware like that, and they know how they're showing up and how it impacts others. And they're really mindful of, of, of managing that and, um, and having the empathy. Um, I think one last thing to, to pull it all together is that, you know, a, somebody that does HR like a boss, they've got the pulse, right? They're seen as a trusted advisor. They've built those relationships. They treat people fairly and consistently, but they also recognize that individual differences make us humans. And, um, and that's all about doing the right thing. And, and really building that amazing culture, building that, that organization and, um, and, and building people so that, uh, that we all can just do our best work and bring our best selves to work. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, and I can see why you, you've done so well in transforming organizations the way that you look at things. And I, I really appreciated you being on today's show and, and even, even at the end there talking about the pulse, your ability to have a kind of feel of what's going on with the organization and the people and you mentioned before, which I thought was really cool about helping business people make decisions that are used to using data. Let's find a way to do that from an HR perspective. So that data-driven decision-making, the accountability to value. So making sure the things that we're doing are adding value. And if they don't, how do we measure that and hold accountable to change or making it better? Uh, that kind of seek first to understand the asking a lot of questions. I, I, I'm a huge proponent of that. It's one of our core values at Willery, as a matter of fact. So we're, we're big it's a big believer in that 
you mentioned this, the fight that inside out mindset. So not necessarily what's best for us, but what's in essence best for the organization and the people that we're serving. A huge curiosity for business and your ability to explain the why to help people understand why HR is doing the things that it's doing. So you were awesome as I expected. Thank you, Lindsay, for, for being um, on the show as well as I'm super excited, especially for those that are from Northeast Ohio that know Lindsay, that uh, you'll be back in our, our, our beautiful Northeast Ohio area uh, on more occasion than, than not than you have been since you left uh, to go down south. But uh, it was super great to have you on the show and I, I appreciate you being here. Thanks, John. It's been a pleasure and uh, really appreciate you um, asking me and giving me the opportunity just to uh, to have a voice here. I'm really passionate about the, the progression of, of HR and people and culture and um, and love what you're doing. And uh, last thing, go brownies. <laughs> yes, yes. Let's see if we can keep that going. I, I don't uh, I don't want to jinx it. I don't want to jinx that we're going to make the playoffs. But uh, every time I read on the sports wire, they're talking about adding teams to the playoff, the playoffs. So I'm like, just please just do that. So maybe at least one year we can, we can end this streak of uh, just terribleness. That's the only word I can think of right now to describe the Browns for the last 20 years. It has been discouraging, but guess where the Super Bowl is this year? <laughs> I know. Yeah. The Don Tampa. That would, wow. Wouldn't that be something? That would be awesome. <laughs> Well, cool. Thanks, Lindsay. And, and thank you for everyone for checking out today's episode. I hope that you enjoyed it. It's just as a quick reminder, please like, comment, subscribe, and share with a friend. And until next time, let's continue to aspire to do amazingly awesome HR. Thank you for checking out the HR Like a Boss podcast. If it resonates with you, please consider leaving a rating and review. And better yet, subscribe and share with a friend. Until next time, let's continue to aspire to do amazingly awesome HR.